everyone, and welcome back to the Bible Said What podcast. My name is Elizabeth, and I am your host. If you want to get to know more about me or more about the podcast, be sure you go and check out our social media. We are on Instagram, TikTok, all of the things. You can find us there at Bible Said What with underscores between the words. And of course, as always, be sure to turn on notifications, subscribe, whether you are on YouTube or Spotify, and take the Spotify poll because that is a new feature that I have um, discovered that we can do. So today we are entering into the second episode of our third season, and our third season is all about how we can pursue righteousness through living in right relationships with God, ourselves, and others. For our first episode, if you haven't listened to that, be sure you go back um, and give it a listen. We talked about how setting boundaries is a prime way that we can steward our relationship with others because it stewards our relationship with first our heart and with God's heart. So be sure you go and listen to that. And then today um, we are talking about our relationship with the Lord through the aspect of Sabbath. And I do have a guest with me who I'm super excited to introduce. Dr. Leonard, would you like to introduce yourself and tell a little bit about what you do, who you are? Absolutely, Elizabeth. It is great to be with you. Um, I am a professor at Samford University in the Biblical and Religious Studies Department. And I started here way back in 2007 uh, as an adjunct and then came on board in 2012. So this is my, I don't know, 12th, 13th year, something Mm -hmm. like that. Um, I uh, went to a little college here in Birmingham and uh, then went on to seminary in New York at Alliance Theological Seminary. Mm -hmm. And then finally got my Ph.D. at a Jewish university up in Boston called uh, Brandeis University. So I teach Hebrew and Hebrew Bible. That's my uh, that's my area. Yeah. So, you know, just a little bit about about what we're talking about today just, just about old testament <laughs> yes that's awesome dr leonard has led um first of all lots of my classes but he's taken a lot of my friends to israel um he does a yearly trip that is just amazing and i love your passion for not only scripture but just teaching dr leonard is the professor who's not afraid to to cry in class and i absolutely love it because he makes me cry too <laughs> he is afraid to cry in class he just can't help but uh, cry in class. It. that's the problem so. no i love it i call my parents after your class and i'm like you're never gonna believe what we learned today <laughs> so yeah today we're going to be introducing the topic of sabbath because we were talking a little bit before we recorded this just how sabbath is something that we easily forget about in this modern day in hustle culture and just the pace of life is so hectic. I feel like especially in the fall right now, at least for college students, it is so crazy. And so, yeah, today we are just going to talk about Sabbath and what it means to truly sit and dwell with the Lord and how we can practice that in modern day through all of the chaos. Because as we talked about last week, our God is not a God of chaos. He's God of peace and love and self-control. Indeed. So with that being said, let's just let's just get right on into it. So, well, you know, so uh, as we discussed, one of the things that I think is so cool about Sabbath, there's there's actually a book and it's called, importantly enough, The Sabbath. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's by a great Jewish writer whose name was Avraham Joshua Heschel. Um, and Heschel is just he's so insightful um, in the way that sometimes he'll analyze different issues. And one of those is his the way or his way of looking at the Shabbat or the mm-hmm. Sabbath. And he's got this great way of kind of um, sort of analyzing how the Sabbath fits into human life. And he starts off by saying that human beings really live in two different realms. Mm -hmm. There's the realm of space and then there's the realm of time. Mm 
And he goes through and he makes the case that as human beings, we are just so good at dealing with the realm of space. Yeah. And what he means by that is like the physical world around us. And you just, at, at a certain point, you have to step back and marvel at how good we human beings are at manipulating mm-hmm. the physical world. Yeah. And, you know, when I'm in person, I'll, I'll usually hold up my iPhone at a certain mm-hmm. point in time and say, I don't know how this magical device works. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. It, somebody has figured out all the little intricacies that can make that work. And it's not just iPhones. There's, I remember watching this program one time and it was about, um, they were taking walnuts and harvesting the walnuts and then getting them to market. Mm-hmm. And you think, okay, well, this is pretty pedestrian. Surely right. they've been doing this for thousands of years. The first part is they come up to the walnut tree, they grab it with a particular implement on a tractor and shake the thing until it just like in pure terror, it just says, yeah. okay, you can have the walnuts. Yeah. And so it drops them, they collect them and you go, well, you know, all right, that's fine. Well, some walnuts are good and some are bad. Mm-hmm. And you imagine like an episode of I Love Lucy where they're having to like pick them out right. like they do the chocolates and stuff. Yeah. It's not how they do it. They send them down this conveyor belt, a bank of lasers checks out the walnuts and then times it and blows out a little puff of air to push the bad ones into a different bin than the good ones. That's for walnuts. Who thinks of those things? Indeed. That's crazy. It reminds me of like the the Willy Wonka and the chocolate factory. Yes, exactly. With the bad eggs. Yes, yeah. it's like you were waiting for, you know, Veruca to get pushed <laughs> off into the wrong right. bin there or something. And so Heschel's point is that when it comes to the world of space, we are just amazing. Mm-hmm. We we conquer it so easily, but as good as we are in the world of space, we're equally bad in the world of time. Right. And the the way you think about that is, you know, our mastery of space is illustrated by the fact that we can measure it down to just the most precise detail. Mm-hmm. Time doesn't work that way. No. When you're in a class where there's a good lecture, you look up and 10 minutes later and the class is over. Right. You're in a bad lecture and it, <laughs> it seems like five hours. Oh, exactly. It's and then you look up day. and it's, it's been 30 minutes. Right. <laughs> and it, it's not just a lecture, but I, I always joke that with every degree that the temperature goes up outside mm-hmm. in the spring, the class feels like it gets 10 degrees yeah. long or 10 minutes longer. <laughs> right. Um, and so time for us is something that's ethereal. Mm. It's something that we have a hard time kind of really getting a grasp of and holding on to. And so Heschel makes the point, and it's it's such an insightful point, that because we're so bad at conquering the world of time, we try to compensate for it by living out our time ambitions in space. So what he means by that is that we wish we had more time. Yeah. We can't get it. So what we do is try to get more stuff. Mm. And stuff is not a substitute right. for time. Right. It doesn't matter how much money you get. You're not adding any life yeah. onto the end of your days. And it's a terrible shame, mm-hmm. on the one hand, to look back at the end of your days and go, wow, I wasted all my time right. just for a bunch of toys. Right. Absolutely. That makes me think of, I know in my life, whenever I get into a really busy season, I tend to get into a mindset of, oh, I will be content. Like I'll be okay. It's hectic now, but I'll be great once life calms down or I will be able to stop and 
you know, really work on my relationship with the Lord after this season calms down. Um, but sometimes life doesn't work like that. Sometimes one thing ends and another thing begins. And one thing that we talked about in the last episode is how if the enemy can't hurt us, because obviously like we are guarded by salvation, by the blood of Christ. He can't get to us that way, but he can make us busy and we can make ourselves busy and be have our um, internal peace dysregulated and thrown off by external brokenness. Yeah. And so that's another reason I think it is so important to really stop and rest in the presence of the Lord. So that way you can keep that in check. And that way you don't get in a mindset of, oh, I have to wait to be content or wait to be happy. Because then, like you said, that also is when we will try to overcompensate with space and with things. Because, I mean, I'm a female. Sometimes if I'm in a crisis, I'm like, I need a new pair of shoes. You know what I mean? Like, I need a new outfit. I need a haircut. <laughs> and that's simply not how that works at all at all so moving into the next question is what is the difference between resting and then sabbath and truly resting and dwelling with the lord in shabbat well you know it's kind of interesting because um you can treat shabbat as if it's something that's uh you know really just a negative And so it's, these are the things that you're not allowed to do. It's more of a regulation, right? Um, And, you know, and there's a lot of, you know, the kind of technical term is Sabbatarianism Mm. that defines itself by saying, well, you can't do this and you can't do this and you can't do this. And the problem is it kind of leaves this empty period where it's like, okay, well, I've cut out all these things, Mm. but What's this day for? Is right. it is it just a day of no's? And it, it's mm. not that no's are bad. You know, if you look at Psalm 1, Psalm 1 says, oh, the happiness is of the person who, and then starts listing all the things they don't do. Right. Um, once you finish the things they don't do, though, it tells you what you do. Mm. And I, I've always um, kind of taken to heart a particular um, lecture that one of my professors in seminary gave where he, he looked at uh, the one song, and I'm, I'm forgetting even the number at this point. It's the psalm that is for the Shabbat uh, mm-hmm. in the Psalter. And he, he makes the case, and it's kind of complicated. You'd have to take Hebrew and look through it. But, okay. but there's a particular uh, word in Hebrew. It's uh, Z-M-R. Mm-hmm. And that word can mean three different things. So one of the things that it can mean is to sing. One of the things it can mean is to pluck fruit of all things. <laughs> That's and so funny. Those are two very different meanings. Precisely. Yeah. It, well, it's kind of like with us with the word bat, right? Is right. that what you hit a ball with? Is it what you do <laughs> with your the, eyes? Or is it the flying or thing? Or is it the flying man? In the woods. Right? Yeah. So it's, it's to sing. It's to pluck fruit. And then it's also, of all things, a wild ox. Really? All three of these little, you know, items turn out to appear in that psalm. Hmm. And he took the view that this was telling us what Shabbat is for. So it's to sing. So that's worship. Yeah. It's to pluck fruit. Now, this is not the the laborious task of harvesting. Mm-hmm. This is apple picking in New England. Yeah. Where you, you go through and you, you do, there's this just abundance of, you know, fruit that's on the trees mm-hmm. and there's a nip in the air and the leaves are turning and you say, oh, yeah, I'll take this apple. Mm-hmm. Oh, this one displeases me. Oh, mm-hmm. this. and so it's this magical kind of Robert Frost poem right. <laughs> of leisure. Yeah. So there's worship, there's leisure. And then the, the wild ox in the psalm is skipping on the hills. It's play. I love that image. All three of those can make up what it means to do Shabbat. Mm-hmm. So you're worshiping because worship's important on Shabbat. Right. 
you're relaxing. That's the leisure part. Mm -hmm. And then you play. Mm -hmm. Where we kind of get out of whack is when any one of those three dominates the others. Mm. If all you do on Shabbat is just spend 24 hours in prayer, you're going to grow to dislike Shabbat. Right. Because unless you're... You know, one of these medieval mystics <laughs> who can do this right. for most of it's 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 more than we can handle. Right. Or it could be that it's all leisure. Mm. And so if you just end up being a couch potato, you know, flipping through Instagram reels for the whole time. Yeah. It doesn't turn out to be relaxing. You're more tired at the end of it mm. than you were if you actually got out and did something. There's no true fulfillment there. Exactly. Right. And then it's the same with play. If all you do on Shabbat is recreation, well, then you're not really, it's it's like when you go on a vacation and when you come back, you need to rest up from your vacation. It's like when you go to Disney for vacation. Exactly. You, uh, yes. Mm-hmm. So Shabbat is sort of a balance among all three of those. And it doesn't mean that, you know, it's, okay, it's eight hours of one, eight of the next, and eight mm-hmm. of the next. It may be that one Shabbat is a Shabbat for leisure, mm-hmm. and one Shabbat is more focused on worship, and one Shabbat is more focused on play. But it's achieving that balance because the the real issue with Shabbat is its restoration. Right. It's, Absolutely. In fact, that's even kind of the way that Heschel puts it, is that what, uh, what Shabbat is for is to be a harbor from a storm. Mm. And so for six days of the week, we conquer. Yep. And we need a place where we can take our boat and turn it into that safe harbor and let it take us apart from our regular activities and achieve that rest, relaxation, and refocusing with God. I love that. And going also off of that restoration, Sabbath also is a way to return us to God's original intent for creation. We were talking before this episode about how Sabbath was the culmination of creation and how God created the garden. He created Adam and Eve, animals, everything, and then he rested with them. That was the purpose of him um, creating all of those things. And then, of course, you know, man sinned and we stepped away from the presence of the Lord in that aspect. But now we live in the victory of salvation where the Lord says, you can come to me anytime you can, you know, my doors are always open basically. And so, and he's waiting for us to do that. And so whenever we do honor the Sabbath day as holy, recognize it as something that is set apart because of the presence of the Lord, um, that returns us back to God's initial intent for creation, which is that true, meaningful relationship. And that's like the good, the good for us. Yeah. yeah and I love the way you put that with the, you know, enjoying the presence of God. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that's so fascinating about the creation week, when you look at it in Genesis one up through the very first part of chapter two, is only one thing in the whole creation week is declared to be holy. It's the seventh yeah. day. Sabbath. And, you know, when I'm, I'm teaching, I'll try to get my students to sort of, you know, uh, pick apart what does it actually mean to be holy? And a mm-hmm. lot of them have heard the right definition before. It's to be set, set apart. apart. Exactly. Yeah. So you think about it, it's, it's something that's set aside for a special occasion. But there's a, a, another component to it. Things are set aside by virtue of God's presence. Mm-hmm. So if you are... Um, Moses, and you're walking through the wilderness, and God says, you know, don't come any closer, take off your sandals, this is holy ground. It's not holy ground. Mm -hmm. It's just dirt in the middle of the wilderness. It's sand. It's holy Mm -hmm. because God is there. 
Absolutely. You take the tabernacle. The the tabernacle is just a tent. Yeah. And when God is not there, you can pack the thing up, put it on the back of a donkey and drive across the wilderness. Right. It's only holy when God is there. So it's telling us something about that day. What is it that makes the Shabbat holy? It's because God is present there. Right. And I, I don't purport to understand exactly how that works any more than, right. you know, any of our prayers when we say, Lord, be with somebody. Well, an omniscient and omnipresent <laughs> God is pretty much like, He's yeah, like, I got, I'm the, already there. <laughs> I got the whole be with part there. Yeah. And yet God speaks that way. Right. I'll be with you wherever two or more gather together in my name. I'll be with you also. So there's some sense in which God's presence is focused. We tend to think of it in certain places. Mm. For the Bible, it's mainly in certain times. Mm. And so the the Hebrew Bible does very little of sacred space. What it does is sacred times. Yeah. And the Shabbat is the the quintessential example of that sacred time. Absolutely. Absolutely. And in the Bible, the Israelites and, you know, throughout the New Testament as well, Sabbath was a day. Like it was a set aside day. There was almost, it was like ritual. I don't know if that's the right word to use. Um, but yeah, it was sunrise or no backing up. It was sunset to sunset. Um, and that was Sabbath. But nowadays, you know, life is, life is crazy. And sometimes we don't always have the space to set aside one specific day, sunset to sunset. I'm very blessed that I grew up in a household where we actually did celebrate Sabbath that way. My dad did his dissertation for his doctorate on Sabbath. And so I think that's one reason I'm so passionate about it is because um, he really stressed that growing up, how important resting in the Lord is. Um, but we actually would sit down at our table on Friday night and, you know, we would make like cookies or something before to kind of celebrate. Um, and then, you know, we would light the candles and he would, he would pray for us. He would read Psalms 31 to my mom. Um, and then we would read a passage of scripture and just, you know, be with the Lord as a family. And then at the end of Saturday, we would do the same thing. We did it on Saturday because Sundays, you know, they're pastors, they work. But um, nowadays, you know, we I don't always have access to that as a girl in college. Um, and that is my audience. I know a lot of people listening are kind of in the same boat. So how would you say in modern day, we can recognize Sabbath and not take it, you know, take any of the holiness away from Sabbath? How can we truly honor it as holy in kind of a modern day and age? Yeah, it's it's a really tough issue um, yeah. because I think what we're left with is there's an ideal mm -hmm. and then there's a substitute and the substitute's usually not as good as the ideal. Right. But, um, you know, both have their places. I think in a perfect wor world, we would kind of do what you were talking about yeah. is that we would do that. Uh, in my ideal world, there is the Shabbat and there's there's the Lord's Day. Of course. And so we would have the Shabbat, which is our day of you know rest, pulling back. And then the Lord's Day is when we celebrate Christ's resurrection. And, um, and I think you can spot even places in the New Testament where they're continuing to do that. Of course. Paul's got a line where he says uh, that on the first day of the week, collect, you know, money that I can eventually put together as a gift for the mm -hmm. church in Jerusalem. And you go, well, why on the first day of the week? It's because you're not allowed to handle money on the Sabbath. Oh. And so the first day of the week, Sunday, was it's the Lord's Day, but it mm -hmm. doesn't have those same kinds of, you know, uh, restrictions that Shabbat would have. So, right. so if I were doing it, I would say 
we ought to keep that Friday uh, sunset to Saturday sunset as our Shabbat. Mm -hmm. The problem that you have, it's very difficult to do those kinds of celebrations unless you're doing it with the community. Yes, which is why biblical community is so important. One an example, but yes. Indeed. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you think about how would your celebration or observance of Christmas look Yeah, if you were in a place where nobody celebrated Christmas? Be like the little Grinch Christmas tree with one little ornament. That's or it. the Charlie Brown Christmas tree, not the Grinch. Little because Charlie Brown. we get like a whole season of mm -hmm. Christmas when everybody's doing it. Right. And uh, I, I actually, I'm, I'm in the process of writing a book. And one of my chapters, it, I talk about how when we were in Boston, we were huge Pats and Red Sox fans. Of course. Well, we still like the Pats and the Red Sox, but it's different when not everybody's doing it. I'm, yeah. not, I'm not listening to sports radio every afternoon and I, right. I can't tell you who the, the backup pitcher is, you know, in AAA mm -hmm. or something. It's not that they're not important. It's just hard to do them unless you're doing it with everybody else. Yeah. So if we if we don't have that community to do it, then what we have to do is find that substitute. And that's where uh, what Heschel would say is we need to face sacred moments. Mm. And so to the degree that we can replicate that idea of stepping back and having that moment of restoration where we, we are reflect on God, where we uh, relax, where we recreate, those kinds of moments are important, even if they fall short, yep. maybe, of being able to get that full Sabbath that we could celebrate with community. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, maybe if more people found meaning in those sacred moments, then maybe that tribe would increase. Yeah. And we could find other people that we would be able to do, um, you know, Sabbath together. Right. Um, and, you know, our... Our schedule and our society doesn't always work with it. You know, hustle culture is such a problem. Yeah. I mean, that's why we're talking um, about this. Even, I mean, something as pedestrian as my son's playing football yeah. in high school. Well, that happens on Friday night. Yeah. And so it's one of those things that kind of interrupts it. It makes it hard. Mm -hmm. So you need to find substitutes for those moments that, because the the principle's still the same, even if the symbol changes. Of course, it's the sim. It's the you know, it's sort of like with the food laws. It's not the the food law about not eating pigs that's the important part. It was what were they trying to capture with that mm -hmm. idea? You What's know, the, the heart of it? Exactly. We want order, not chaos. We want life, not death. The the value, the heart of it is more important than the symbol. Mm. So the heart of Shabbat, spending time with God, relaxing, recreating, that's the real heart that we want to try to recreate if we can. Awesome. And I've also heard that honoring the Sabbath also increases your faith in the Lord because it shows your trust that he's going to provide. Because whether that be like a material thing, like the Israelites in um, when they were wandering through the desert, you know, the Lord would, you know, send manna, send quail and say on Friday, collect as much as you need for today and the Sabbath. So trusting that the Lord will provide there. But also I know for a lot of people, it's even something where like we're my generation, especially we can get in a mindset of it's hard to not be doing anything because we feel like we have to be doing things to have value. And so in that way, it's the Lord providing us our identity as his child and not like we don't belong to the world in that. Um, and so he's saying like, come back and return to that initial relationship that I created you for. Yeah. So. Well, and it's, it's interesting that you put it that way because it kind of circles back around to the way Heschel would put it. Yeah. Is to say that 
you can't conquer time by conquering space. So true. You have to face those sacred moments in time, not in space. Mm -hmm. And so it's it's something that's extremely difficult for us in our kind of, you know, go get them culture where we want to. I mean, that's another 24 hours. I could be doing stuff. I could be accomplishing stuff. Right. But all we're doing is accomplishing stuff in the realm of space. Yeah. And so there is an element of trust that's involved. Absolutely. It says, Lord, I, in the same way that I'm giving you 10% of my income, as a way of saying all of my income belongs to you, mm. I'm trusting you that you'll help me to be bountiful with, I'm not, I don't have enough, even with 100%, so I, this is my sign that I'm going to trust you. Wow, yeah. Eight days a week is not enough for me to get done everything I have to do, so how am I possibly going to get it done in six? Well, it's a way of saying, Lord, I'm cooperating with you to know that eight days, ten days, a hundred days isn't enough if I'm trying to do this just in my own strength. Well, yeah. You know, there's there's a psalm. I think it's 121. It says, they labor in vain who build mm-hmm. the house if they're not doing it with the Lord. And so it's a time way of doing the same thing you do in the tithe way. It's tithing your time. Exactly. Wow. Of saying, God, I this is my sign that I'm going to trust you. And yeah. the result is, you know, <laughs> I mean, what does God say? He says, Test me. Yeah. You know, um, you know, when have you ever gone hungry mm-hmm. for uh, as a result of tithing to me? Yeah. When have you ever done without as a result of observing my Shabbat? Right. Because you're enlisting me as a partner. I mean, we're like Moses, you know, mm-hmm. who am I that I should go to Pharaoh? <laughs> you're right, Moses. Yeah. You're nobody. <laughs> you, yeah. No, you can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll right. be with you. Wow. So better to have 90% of your income and God and I don't want to do the math, you know, on air, but <laughs> six sevenths of yeah. your time, um, you know, and God, mm-hmm. then seven sevenths of it without God is the idea. That's incredible. I've never thought of it from that perspective, but that is that is such an amazing point. I think that's that's probably a good one to end on. That's a pretty good mic drop. Um, <laughs> do you have anything else you'd like to share? I mean, I'm loving your comments and I've loved this conversation. Well, it's um, first of all, I mean, what a treat! I mean, to get to to be able to be with <laughs> well, you and to you. talk about this, it actually it's a topic that's near and dear to my heart, mm-hmm. and that um, I, I miss from my time when we were in Boston. You know, one of our uh, you know greatest pleasures was being able to go to some of my Jewish friends' uh, house, yeah. have that Shabbat meal, and you know, it just it, it's such a meaningful experience where you have to kind of step back from all of the care and concern of the world Mm -hmm. and then just enjoy time together. Yeah. Um, And, you know, if I, I guess if I added something to what we discussed earlier, it's easy to be really individualistic with your Shabbat and say, okay, I need to take an afternoon off. Yeah. The beauty of, you know, the Jewish practice of Shabbat is it is not individualistic. Mm -hmm. It's we need to take time off and then we come together and we eat a meal and we pray and we, you know, talk and argue and reflect mm-hmm. and so forth. Um, I think as much as we're missing the stepping back, we're also missing the stepping forward into community with other people to celebrate those moments. That is so true because we were also created for community and to build each other up in Indeed. those iron sharpening iron relationships with God and each other. And I think that just 
is a great end because it points directly back to our theme, which is pursuing righteousness through living in right relationship with God, ourselves and others. Yes. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I have enjoyed this so much. Um, If you are listening and you have also enjoyed this, be sure that you go and subscribe and turn on notifications so you do not miss another episode. Um, The next episode I'm recording, I am recording with my besties. So that's going to be so fun and chaotic. So do not want to miss that. But that being said, we hope you all have a great week. Um, And yeah, see you later.